Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of the Screen Guild Theater. It's called 12 O'Clock High. It first aired July 9th, 1950. Give yourself some time to listen to it. It's about an hour. Listen to Hollywood's greatest stars in their greatest motion picture roles. The American Broadcasting Company brings you the Screen Guild Theater. Tonight, it's Gregory Peck with Ward Bond, Hugh Marlowe, Millard Mitchell, Reed Hadley, and John Kellogg in the transcribed radio premiere of their magnificent 20th Century Fox production, 12 O'Clock High. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the Screen Guild players begin their 14th glorious year on the air. And in the weeks to come, you will be hearing all of Hollywood's most famous stars in their most memorable motion picture roles. And here is our curtain raiser, one of the most compelling and dynamic pictures in years. Daryl F. Zanuck's tremendous production, 12 O'Clock High, starring Gregory Peck with Ward Bond, Hugh Marlow, Millard Mitchell, Reed Hadley, and John Kellogg. in England recently. I was there on business. But it wasn't business that took me down to Archbury to the quiet countryside beyond the town. A group of tired, sagging buildings off the road. A tall wooden pole with a tattered windsock hanging limply from its peak. A concrete runway stretching off across the fields. The weeds growing wild between the cracks. The grease and oil stains almost faded out. I stood there quietly, lost in my thoughts. And in a sudden rush, it all came back. Nineteen forty-two, the early days of the war. I was Major Stovall then, group adjutant with the 918th, the hard luck group they used to call us, Tail End Charlies. And Lord Haha in Berlin was giving us the rat. Tonight I bring a special greeting from the fighter pilots of the Luftwaffe to the first American pilots in England, the 8th Air Force. That's all we need. Losses are a little heavy, aren't they? And remember, these are only shallow penetrations into France. Practice missions, really. What would it be like if you ventured as far as German soil? <laughs> Let's take the 918th group at Archbury, for instance. Hey, that's us. Magalini. Uh, they right, call Colonel. you the hard luck group. Tail in Charlie. You lost five bombers today, didn't you? Five out of 21. At that rate, it won't take very long, will it? Something pleasant to think about before your mission tomorrow. Oh, yes, Colonel Keith Davenport. You'll have another one tomorrow. You'll be interested to know that your group has been singled out for some special attention by our reception committee. Pleasant dreams, my misguided friends. Good night. Oh, he's off his trolley. The group's been over twice in two days. They couldn't be going back tomorrow. You're wrong, Sergeant. They are. Ben, you're kidding. I wish I were, Harvey. Orders came down about an hour ago. They're going in at 9,000 feet. 9,000? What did Keith say? Plenty. And he isn't through yet. What do you mean? He's gone up to Pine Tree to see the big boys. I only hoped he tells them off good. Davenport to see General Savage, sir. Okay, Pete. Come on in, Keith. Well, hiya, fella. What goes? You ought to know. The Wailing Wall is just down the hall. Oh, I don't know. I guess this is it. Sit down. Sit down. If you're on the level about this 9,000-foot stuff, the boys will drop their bombs here tomorrow instead of St. Nazaire. Now, look, Frank. Yeah, I know. It won't work. It was tough enough at 19,000. It'll be suicide at nine. The guy who dreamed this one up ought to have his brain in a glass jar at Harvard. Anything else? You think you're kidding? Look, Frank, you've been a group commander. 
You didn't leave the first ten missions for nothing. Why couldn't you tell them what it'll be like? You... Keith, I signed the field order. Why? That's what I want to know. Why? All right, I'll spell it. At 19,000, we haven't been penetrating the concrete in those submarine pens. We've got to try at least once down low. See if we can get the job done in one trip instead of fighting our way to the target and back five times for nothing. 9,000 Now, let's allow from here in that when the old man cuts the field order, he's thought about it. If I were you and I got one, I'd just go ahead and fly it. Okay. Well, I'd... I'd better get back and get the chores done. No, no. Stay put a minute now you're here. Thought maybe I'd run down to see you tomorrow. How many do you expect to put up? Eighteen. Uh, pretty bad luck today. Not good like always. It's kind of rough to be tagged as a hard luck group. You're telling me. I'd like to help you locate the trouble if I could. What about your formation? It isn't formation. That's not the trouble. I can tell you where the real trouble is. All right, shoot. It isn't down in the groups. It's up here. Do they know up here what my boys have been taking three days in a row? That they'll be up again all night to get 18 in the air tomorrow? Now, how much do you think they can take? Do you know they're falling asleep at briefing? Are you going to drive them until they crack? Take it easy. Take it easy. Bomber Command can take it easy, but those boys are flesh and blood. They'll die for you, but they've got to have a chance, and they know they haven't got one. They can add. What do you guys think they're made of? Now, look, Keith. Yes, sir? Just got the reports from the groups. Come on up, Frank. I'll be there in a minute, sir. Now, Keith, we've got a lot of things coming. Replacements, combat limits. But right now, the deal is to hang on. And look, you've got to find a way to save yourself a little. You can't carry all the load. It's too big. Now, go on, take off. i got to see the old man. There it is, Frank. The same old story with the 918th. Five planes lost today, and they'll only put up 18 tomorrow. It's getting worse instead of better. Yes, sir. You say you talked to Keith? What do you make of it? Oh, hard luck, I guess. There's always some outfit that picks up a jinx. You don't believe that. Neither do I. I don't believe in hard luck. There's always a reason. What's on your mind, Frank? Spill it. I'd rather not. Let's have it, with the bark on. Well, you won't like it. I don't. It's the group commander. Keith? That's a little funny coming from you. He's your friend. Well, I didn't ask you to ask me. I didn't mean it to sound like that, Frank. Well, that's okay. Funny, on paper, Keith Davenport looked to me like the best group commander we had. Flies every mission, gets more loyalty from his men than anyone. Courage, works hard. I don't know where to fall him. If a man like that can't... Well, he can't. Not now. He's going to bust wide open. Why? Why? Because he's a first-rate guy. Because those are his boys and he's thinking of them instead of his missions. Over-identification with his men. I think that's what they call it. And you aren't going to change it either. Frank, if that's true, we're in trouble. Let's get the car and run down to Archbury. A few things I'd like to find out for myself. Three minutes late over the target, sir. That's when we got most of it. On our bombing run. That was a deadly three minutes, Keith. The whole idea was to get all the groups over the target simultaneously and at different altitudes so that enemy flak couldn't concentrate on any one group. What made you late? The takeoff. One of our planes broke through the runway. But I figured we could make up the time, catch up with the other groups, and, well, if it hadn't been for our stinking luck... Luck? What luck was that? It wasn't luck, sir. It was my fault. Zimmy, it wasn't anybody's fault. I'd like to hear his version, Keith. Lieutenant? We had to alter the navigation in flight, General Pritchard. We picked up an error, wind change, and I missed a checkpoint. By the time I caught it, we lost three minutes. We never made it up. Shut up, Zimmy. Keith, if there is any fault, it's mine, sir. I was in command. I ordered the change in the flight plan. The weather was thick enough. It could have happened to anybody. Well, I think that covers it. Thank you, Lieutenant. That's all, gentlemen. Keith, you stay, will you? You too, Frank. Right. Keith, I know you're tired, but let's talk a little. Let's talk about luck. Sir? I don't believe in it. I believe that in some degree a man makes his own luck. Yours has been pretty bad down here and is getting worse, not better. Maybe that navigator's in point. He blew it. What are you going to do about it? General Pritchard, I don't believe in chopping off heads just because of one mistake. I I don't think that's any way to run a group. I feel sorry for the boy, Keith. But what are the men in your group going to be thinking about the next mission he navigates? That he messed up the St. Nazaire mission. 
It's just that much more load on them. And one day, if they fall apart on you, that won't be luck. General, if it was anyone else but Zimmerman. He's got two strikes on him to begin with. He has to fly every mission trying to live down his parents. They were mixed up in the German-American Bund. They screened Zimmy plenty before he got overseas. That's what's riding him now. now. Look, Keith, good navigators are the one thing we're not short of. If you decide you ought to relieve Zimmerman, I'll see that you get a good replacement. Frank, you might as well ask me to stand him up against a wall and shoot him in the back. No. No, I won't do it. I just can't do it to him. I won't. Keith, I guess a man only has so much to give. And I guess you've given it. Effective now, you are relieved of this command and you will report to me for duty at Bomber Command. I'll send someone down to take over here. Good night, Keith. Come along, Frank. It took it hard. I knew he would. Had to be done, Frank. We couldn't afford it. What's that? It's down the hall. Come on. What is it, Major? What's Lu- happened? Lieutenant Zimmerman, sir. I thought he dropped in to talk like he always did. But he just sat there staring into space, and then all of a sudden, before I could stop him, he... We've never had anything like this before. How shall I certify it, sir? Died of wounds received in action. If there's any question, send his papers to me. Why'd you stop, sir? Want me to take the wheel? No, I just want to talk. Frank, there's a hole in the dike. I'm scared stiff. If the 918th folds, it can spread to the other three groups. It can fold the whole deal. There's only one hope of shortening this war. Daylight precision bombing. If we fold, daylight bombing is done with. You can smell what's coming, Frank. Sort of. I'm promising you nothing except a job no man should have to do who's already had more than his share of combat. I've got to ask you to take nice kids and fly them until they can't take any more and then put them back in and fly them some more. We've got to find out what a maximum effort is, how much a man can take and get it all. I don't even know if any man can do it. That's what cracked Keith. What time tomorrow do you think you can get down there? Early, I guess. No squawks, Frank? It's pretty hard to have one, the way you put it. Thanks, Frank. Let's go get some sleep. Yes, sir? How do I address you? Uh, I don't think I quite understand the general, sir. What's your rank? How am I supposed to know with your shirt off? Oh, uh, Sergeant McElhinney, sir, U.S. Army Air Forces. It's Private McElhinney now. Where's the air exec? Uh, I don't think he's on the station, sir. He he left right after Lieutenant Zimmerman's funeral. Now, where's the ground exec? In the hospital, sir. Mumps. And the adjutant. I think Major Stovall's over at the officer's club, sir. Now, when you get your clothes on, find him and tell him to report to me here. <sighs> yes, sir. And on your way back, pick up a hose. A hose, sir? That's right, a hose. We're going to clean this place up. Major Stovall, group adjutant reporting, sir. Yes, I remember you, Major. You the only one around? Probably, sir. I presume you've come down to take over this group. That's right. You've been drinking, Major? I have. It is the first time I have been drunk in 20 years, but it may not be the last. Where's the air exec? I don't know, sir. It's only an opinion, but I think it's possible Colonel Gately may be drunk too, sir. I'll take straight answers, Major. Is Gately off the station? Yes. Where? I don't know, sir. Then send the MPs out and find him and bring him to me under arrest. Does the general mean under actual arrest? Exactly. Number two, cancel all leaves and passes. Three, bring me the personnel files, the 66-1s on Gately and the key staff, including yours. Yes, sir. Four, set up a meeting for all combat crews in the briefing room tomorrow morning at 0800. Yes, sir. Is that all, sir? That's all. Colonel Gately. Eric Zegg, sir. May I ask for General Wyatt been placed under arrest? No. But, sir, Stand I... Stand at attention. Yes, sir. 
You're the son of Lieutenant General Tom Gately, aren't you? I believe that's my standard identification, sir. Hmm. The son of one fine officer and the grandson of another. A graduate of West Point with nine years' service. Your 66-1 shows that you have more four-engine time than any man in the group. For those reasons, you could have done more than anybody to take the load off Colonel Davenport. But the record shows you've flown only three missions since you've been here. Is that right? If you don't count twice, I turn back, sir. I take it you don't even care that you've helped to break one of the best men you'll ever know. Add to it, as air exec, you were automatically in command here the moment Colonel Davenport left. And you met that responsibility exactly as you met his need. You left the station to get drunk. Gately, as far as I'm concerned, you're yellow. A traitor to yourself, to this group, to the uniform you wear. I hate a man like you so much that I'm going to get your head down in the mud and trample it. I'm going to make you wish you'd never been born. If that's all, sir. I'm just getting started. From now on, you're going to get a belly full of flying. You're going to make every mission. You're not air exec anymore. You're just an airplane commander. And I want you to paint this name on the nose of your ship. The leper colony. Because you're going to get every dead beat in this outfit. Every man with a pension for head cold. If there's a bombardier who can't hit his plate with his fork, you get him. If there's a navigator who can't find the men's room, you get him because you raid him. Is that clear? General, I have a right to file charges against you for personal abuse and exceeding your lawful authority. Okay. And I... Hello, get me Pine Tree. I want General Pritchett. Yes, I'll wait. Rights, Gately, rights. You've got a right to explain to General Pritchard cowardice, desertion of your post... A yellow streak a mile wide. And maybe he can explain it to your father so that they'll both be proud of you. You can tell him right now. General Savage, I withdraw my statement. That's all, then. Dismissed. Major Stovall. Yes, sir. You called me, sir? Cut an order relieving Colonel Gately as air exec. Yes, sir. Anybody else, sir? I'll let you know, Major. Oh, there's one file here. Uh, Cobb, squadron commander. He shows a good record in the air. Any recommendations on his personal qualifications? I'm sure the general will be pleased with any selections he makes from this group. Thanks for the help, Major. I'll be around the station. Yes, sir. Where to, sir? I've been assigned as the general's driver. Now, run me over to the officer's club. I... Hey, aren't you the clerk that I saw? What a... Yes, sir. Private McElhinney, sir. Hmm. Well, general officers rate sergeants as drivers. You better put those stripes back on. You can see him through the window, sir. That's Major Cobb at the bar. Oh, thank you, Sergeant. You can wait out here. Yes, sir. Something for the general, sir? Uh, beer. Yes, sir. Get you up, Major Cobb? I'm all right, Corporal. Oh, not quite, Major. Remove your cap in the club. That's regulations, huh? It is. Okay. One beer for the general. That's time, sir. All right, here you are. Have another drink, Major Cobb. Scotch. He'll take it out of this corporal. Drinks are on me. With the major's permission. No regulations against buying my own, is there? That's right. I'm buying my own. Corporal? Yes, sir. This bar is closed for tonight and until further notice. Yes, sir. Where to, sir? Well, I'm going to walk. You can run the car back to operations. Yes, sir. Oh, and Sergeant. Sir? You can tell the adjutant to cut an order. I'm assigning Major Cobb as air exec. Say, Harvey, I thought he was such a bug for discipline. He is, Doc. You'll see. But he called this meeting for 0800, and it's 10 seconds to in it. And there he is. Tension! 
Rest. Now, there'll be a briefing for a practice mission at 1100 this morning. That's right, practice. I've been sent down here to take over what has come to be known as a hard luck group. Well, I don't believe in hard luck. So we're going to find out what the trouble is. Maybe part of it's your flying. So we'll go back to fundamentals. But I can tell you now one reason I think you're having hard luck. I saw it in your faces last night. I can see it there now. You've been looking at a lot of air lately, and you think you ought to have a rest. In short, you're sorry for yourselves. Now, I haven't much patience with this what-are-we-fighting-for stuff. We're in a war, a shooting war. We've got to fight. And some of us have got to die. I'm not trying to tell you not to be afraid. Fear is normal. But stop worrying about it and about yourselves. Stop making plans. Forget about going home. Consider yourselves already dead. Once you accept that idea, it won't be so tough. Now... If any man here can't buy that, if he rates himself as something special, with a special kind of hide to be saved, he'd better make up his mind about it right now, because I don't want him in this group. I'll be in my office in five minutes. He can see me there. That's all. I'll take Colonel Davenport any day. What does it look like to you, Stovall? Doc, I better get back over to the office. The traffic's going to be pretty heavy. General Savage, the flight surgeon and the air exec are here. Oh, they beat you to it, Major Stovall? How do you mean, sir? Well, I thought maybe you'd be the first in line to ask for transfer. No, sir. Well, I wouldn't have done you any good. Doesn't go for staff. You're stuck with me. <laughs> yes, sir. You might tell them out there. They didn't come for that, sir. They thought you'd want to see them about the practice mission. Good. Come in, gentlemen. General, this is our flight surgeon, Major Kaiser. I'm glad to see you, Doc. I think you met Major Cobb. Yes, I did indeed. I'll be outside, sir. Good enough. I, uh... I don't know if you still want me here, sir, after last night. No need to tell you I was stiff. Oh, stiff or not, you laid it on the line. You got the job after I saw you at the club, not before. Well, you were in the briefing room, Cobb. Do you still want it? I think I can cut it for you, sir. You got a deal. Now, set up this practice mission, handle the briefing. Put me in the lead ship with Gately's crew. Tell Stovall I said to cut any orders you want. Anything else? No, sir. See you at takeoff. Right, sir. Now, what about crew availability, Doc? Well, we have a very critical morale problem, sir. You gave them the shock treatment this morning, a bucket of cold water. I take it that's the key in which you want me to figure how much stress they can take. If a man is physically capable of handling his airplane, he goes. Well, that's definite enough. But um, some things can't be accomplished just by issuing an order. Well, have you got a treatment to suggest? Yes, sir. Ease up. Give them a chance to get used to you. To like you, the way they like Colonel Davenport. No, Major, for two reasons. First, there isn't time. Second, I can't enter a popularity contest with Keith Davenport. I'd lose that one. And one thing more, I think they're better than that. All right, sir. That's it. Not all of it. I think I know how deep the problem here is. And I'm convinced that the one thing that will solve it is pride. Pride in this group. The kind of pride that'll make it the last thing a man wants is to be left on the ground. That's my job, not yours. Paint it with iodine and mark them duty, Doc. Yes, sir. Stovall. Yes, sir. Any more callers? Uh, Lieutenant Bishop was here, sir. He came as their spokesman. Spokesman? The ones they're going to ask to be transferred. How many, Major? All of them, sir. All? All right, that's it. Put their request through squadron channels. Meanwhile, they fly. Anything else? Well, we made some coffee, sir, if you'd like to have some. Thank you, Major. I'll bring it in. To oh, no, wait. I'll, I'll come out there with you and get it. I'm sorry. All we've got's a tin cup. Oh, that's fine. You're pretty cluttered up in here. What are those folders for? They're personal effects of the boys that got it to be sent to the next of kin. I'm a little behind. I always write a letter. Yeah, that's a tough chore. Don't envy you. How'd you happen to get into this paperwork? No choice. I'm a retread. 
I had my shot at combat the first war, and they figured I was too old for anything else but a desk. Tell me, you liked Keith Davenport, didn't you? A lot, I mean. Yes, sir. I thought he was one of the finest men I ever knew. Yeah, same way the boys felt, I'm sure. Loyalty's a fine thing. Well, thanks for the coffee, Major. Guess I'd hey, better get... General Savage. Yes? I'd like to tell you something else, I think. Go ahead, Major. I'm a lawyer betrayed, and I think I'm a good one. When a good lawyer takes on a client, it's because he believes in the client's case. And that's all that matters. When I came over to England, I took on my biggest client, the 918th Bomb Group. And I want to see my client win. Does that answer what you had in your mind? On the button. What did you have in mind exactly? Well, I need some time before those transfers How go through. How much time? As much as we can get. Ten days anyway. Well, it'll take the squadron adjutants at least two days to draw up all those requests. Yes. And well, let's see. I've got a good deal of stuff on my desk here. Might be three days before I get around to them. That's five. Take a couple of days to check them. That'd be seven. Then those squadron adjutants are sometimes pretty sloppy, and I certainly don't want this group criticized for sloppy paperwork. Do you, General? I couldn't permit it. Oh, my guess is that every one of these requests may have to go back to the squadron adjutants. By the time they're done over and the time I recheck them, well, it'll be ten days anyway before they'd be ready for signature. <laughs> what a way to run an outfit. You red tape adjutants are all alike. That's right, sir. Still, there's, uh, there's liable to be a little talk. They're apt to hear about it up above, Inspector General. You know, there can be trouble in this, Harvey. Well, I don't think so, sir. Why not? Speaking out of experience, sir, I never heard of a jury convicting the lawyer. <laughs> Return with the second act at 12 o'clock high in a few moments. When an object is completely in the dark, we can't see it at all. Place one light upon it and it appears flat and distorted. Throw another beam upon it from a different angle and it begins to assume its true three-dimensional shape. And that's the way it is with the day's news, too. The more viewpoints we can get, the more apt we are to reach the true picture. So for a fuller three-dimensional understanding of the news, hear Robert Montgomery speaking on your ABC station tonight. Now, a brief pause for local station identification. American Broadcasting Company presents transcribed the Screen Guild players in Act Two of Twelve O'Clock High, starring Gregory Peck as General Savage, Ward Bond as Major Stovall, Millard Mitchell as General Pritchard, Hugh Marlowe as Colonel Gately, Reed Hadley as Colonel Davenport, and John Kellogg as Major Cobb. Major Stovall continues our story. <laughs> himself a ten-day limit. Ten days to whip those bitter, sullen boys into a cohesive fighting group. It was a sort of a war, a personal war. No quarter given and no quarter asked, especially on Colonel Gately's plane. Let me have your attention, men. Now, in case any of you aren't clear as to what this is all about, I'm supposed to be a deadbeat, and so are you. That's why you're assigned to me. The leper colony... How do you like it? Well, you'll like it less the first mistake you make. We've got a blowtorch turned our way, and nobody's going to shove me into it. Is that clear? All right, station. Ready for takeoff. They were flying practice missions every day. 
The general always up there in the lead plane, his voice snapping all around the group, until at last you could begin to see results, to see them even down on the ground. Boy, oh boy, look at him up there. Stacked in mighty pretty, huh? Yeah, must be Colonel May's group or one of the... Holy cow, it's ours, the 918. Well, what do you know? Pretty, huh? Five days of that, and then we weren't making believe anymore. We were alerted. Two red-hot missions, two successive days. And afterward, in the briefing room... All right, men. In the first place, I want you to know that there's no rank in here. This is the place to get things off your chest, whether it's a beef about equipment, tactics, what somebody did or didn't do, or about how the mission was led. Anything goes. Okay, I'll start. The good side first. Two missions, only one aircraft lost. Very little battle damage. That's because most of the time we flew good tight formation. Enemy fighters took one look and didn't want any part of the 918. The bad side. Bombing. Fair, particularly the low squadron. That means we start dropping practice bombs every day there isn't a mission. Cobb, that's your baby. Roger. Anybody got any comment? Well, I've got some more. Henley. Here, sir. The strike photos show you toggle late with your bombs. What's the reason? No excuse, sir. Well, at least you're honest, Henley. But nine men in your plane risk their lives in order to put bombs on a target. Gately? Yes, sir. Here's a new bombardier for you. Pettingill. Here, sir. We're plenty lucky to have only one loss on this strike. Why did you break formation? Well, sir, Ackerman was in trouble. Two engines on fire. I, I figured I'd better stay back with him and try to cover him going into the target. But he couldn't make it. I see. Ackerman a pretty good friend of yours? My roommate, sir. So, for the sake of your roommate, you violated group integrity. When you pull a B-17 out of formation, the group loses the defensive power of ten guns. A crippled airplane has to be expendable. The one thing that is never expendable is your obligation to the group. This group. This group. That has to be your loyalty, your only reason for being. Stovall. Yes, sir. Have the billeting officer work out a complete reassignment of quarters. Give every man a new roommate. Very well, sir. Gately. Baxter's promoted out of the leper colony. Pettingill's your new co-pilot. Well, that's all I've got. Anybody else got anything they want to bring up? What about our transfers? Okay, if that's all, dismissed. General. Oh, yes, Harvey. Piece of cake, sir. Oh, thanks. My oldest daughter's work. Hey, you're not supposed to eat the candles, sir. Oh, birthday cake. Yes, it's a little late. My birthday was six weeks ago. Hmm. How many kids you've got, Harvey? Four. Four. How many boys? None, sir. All females. Oh. I guess there's not much difference, though, the way they think. Pretty stubborn sometimes when they're young. You trying to tell me something? Those requests for transfer. Hasn't one of them been withdrawn? And I can't keep holding them up forever. If the inspector general got hold of it, I... Uh, I guess I must have blown it somewhere, Harvey. Well, I might be able to squeeze out another day or so if... If only... Only what? Go on, say it. Well, they are just boys, sir. You can't just drive them. You've got to win something from them. Or they will walk out on you. Give them something to lean on, you mean? If you want to call it that, sir. Well, Harvey, I don't believe it. I don't think they're boys. They're men. It's pretty bad to have to grow all the way up to 21. But that's the only way we'll get this job done. And I think they can do it, too. Lean on somebody, do it for me or Keith Davenport or anyone else. I think they're better than that. And if they aren't, we're a dead duck and we'd better find out about it now, once and for all. Yes. Stovall speaking. Yes, Cobb. Yes, I got it. Roger. Cobb. Teletype just came in, sir. We're alerted for tomorrow. to get through to him, General Pritchard. Can't figure why. He hasn't answered your call at all? No, sir. Acknowledgements from the other groups, they're all turned back, but nothing from the 918. Forget code. Try to reach him in the clear. Yes, sir. 
Pine Tree to Flashlight Leader. Come in. Pine Tree to Flashlight Leader. This is a recall change of weather. Come in, Flashlight Leader. Nothing, sir. I don't get it. Keith, you cut that field order. Weren't all commanders told to guard Channel B because of possible weather changes? Yes, sir. It was in the field order, sir. Mm, And something's happened. But they've gone on to that target alone. I can't just sit here and take it. I'm going down to Archbury. Target area cleared off just long enough for the 918th to clobber it good. That's fine, Frank, fine. What about the recall? Recall, sir? What recall? Never heard it. I must have had a radio malfunction. I see. The bar's open, Harvey. The boys really earned it today. I'll cut an order for... Just a minute, Frank. You think I'm buying a quick Persian rug about a radio malfunction? I suppose you'll tell me next the weather was just bad enough you didn't see the other groups turn back. Yes, sir. You've got no right to gamble like that. Not with my money. And don't think you can justify it because you got away with it either. No, sir. I didn't hear. Must have had radio malfunction. You mean you're going to stick by that fairy tale? Yes, sir. And there's something else you might as well know, sir. The 918th got through today and bombed the target when nobody else did. And if I ever get another chance like that to give this group the pride it ought to have in itself, I may have radio malfunction again, sir. And there's one more thing. I'm asking you for a commendation for this group, for their courage, skill, and aggressiveness. And you don't need to mention the leadership, sir. All right, you get it. I'll go out and dictate it to your clerk. General Savage, sir. Relax, Harvey. Mission accomplished. I hope so, sir. What do you mean? The inspector general got here today. He wants to talk to every pilot in the group. This is a pain in the neck. I never did like to pack. I know how you feel, sir. I never liked it myself. Anything new? They're still at it. Locked up in the briefing room of the IG. Harvey, you know, you're going to make a kind of a silly-looking second lieutenant when he gets through with you. You want some advice from your lawyer? We'll never give up the case before the jury comes in. Don't kid yourself. We've already had it. Well, so what? What's so bad about the Pentagon building? Good food? Cocktails every night? Nothing to do but... General... General Savage. What? I guess you'd better start unpacking, General. Well, what happened? Bishop started it, withdrawing his transfer. Wilson followed, and the rest of them just climbed aboard. Left the IG with nothing to do but pack up his hatchet and go home. Well, what do you know? Where's... Where's my briefcase? I was here a minute ago. I knew they couldn't buck you forever, sir. They finally realized they had a chance to hit the target and get home when you were up front, lady. Well, we'd better not get used to counting on any one man. We don't want to make that mistake again. You know, General, it, uh, it wouldn't be any mistake to cut loose with a few three-day passes to London. Sort of a pat on the back. I see what you mean, Joe. Kiss and make up, huh? Well, you kiss them, Joe, for shedding their diapers. And tell them if they're counting on me that you're going to lead the next one, and it better be good. And tell Bishop he's going to lead and find out how it feels to carry some of the load. I want every one of them to have a crack at it. We're going to build some real leadership around here now. All right, Harvey, you escaped from under those second lieutenant's bars, so don't just stand around with your thumb in your mouth. Come on, let's get back to work. Tough man, isn't he? Yeah, but you can carry this iron tail business too far. Wouldn't hurt him to be human like, like Keith Davenport. You want to know something, Joe? The only difference between Frank Savage and Keith Davenport is that Savage is about just that much taller. Strike photos show target demolished. 
One aircraft lost, no other damage. Le Bourget. Mission accomplished. All aircraft returned. Amiens. Strong fighter resistance. Two aircraft damaged. All aircraft returned. That's it, Joe. All of the men that are coming in. They're savage now. Come on. How was it, sir? It was rough. They were laying for us, Joe. What's the count? Two missing, sir. It looked like four, but, but O'Neill made it in the RAF field at Lincolnshire. Gately ditched in the channel. Air Sea Rescue picked them up. Oh, well, that's not bad. First time over a German target. Uh, the worst part's here. Waiting here and... Now, look here, Cobb. I've heard about... May I ask the general a favor, sir? What? May I leave the next one over Germany? All right, Joe. Your baby. You take the next one. Shall I call the tower for a count, sir? No, Harvey. I'll know soon enough. Major Cobb reporting, sir. What's the count, Joe? We lost one. 397. Jesse Bishop. Bishop? Did you... You see any chutes open? No, sir. They caught a direct burst right over the target. I, I don't think they had a chance. A swell kid like that, one of the best pilots in the group. He would have to get it. One crew could have been lots worse, Joe. How about battle damage? Everybody caught plenty. General Savage, sir. Now come in, Doc. I thought I ought to come over and tell you about Gately. Gately? He get hit today? No, sir. But right after he landed, he folded up, passed out cold. Passed out from what? Well, it must have happened when he ditched in the channel the other day, but he never reported any injury. He's got a crack in the lip of the vertebrate body. It's incredibly painful. He's flown three missions with it. A fractured spine. That's about what it amounts to. Gately. Okay, Doc. Thanks for telling me. Anybody in particular you want to see, General Savage? Oh, no, thanks, Lieutenant. Just looking around. You go right ahead with what you're doing. Yes, sir. Gately? Asleep? Oh, hello, General. No, I, I was just sort of resting. Well, how... How you feeling, Ben? I'm okay, sir. I was sorry to hear about your bad luck. Thank you, sir. How, uh... How long docs say you're going to be laid up? few weeks, sir. It's pretty painful. Not much, sir. This rig helps a lot. Uh, well, I guess you don't feel much like talking. That's okay, General. Go right ahead. Ben. Yes, sir? Uh, ben, uh, I was going to say, uh, do you want something? Anything I, anything I can send you? Not a thing, General. I've got everything I need. Well, well, you let us know if you do need anything. Thank you, sir. I've, uh... I got some more calls to make across the hall. I'll be seeing you, Ben. Nurse! Nurse! I know, I know. Time for your shot. I've been calling you for a half an hour. You'd think a full colonel would get some attention around here. Not when the nurse is talking to a general. What? What do you want? I guess I'll have to rate you a Class A customer. I just learned you're something extra special. There must be something special, General Pritchard, for you to haul me up to Pine Tree. It is special, Frank. Very special. A target of critical importance. Deep in Germany. Far beyond possible fighter support. If we can reach it and destroy it, we will have proved daylight precision bombing. This is the one we have been waiting for. Now, I'm listening, sir. With our limited equipment, it may take three trips. Maybe two if we're very lucky and very good. And what are we after? Ball bearings. Almost the entire German production is concentrated right there. We could slow their whole armament industry to a halt. Mind if I pour myself a drink, sir? Or a long one, Frank. If we bring this one off, things are likely to pick up for us. If we 
We may get three or four whole new groups. They're growing up fast, huh? I hope so. How soon do you think you can turn loose down there and come back and help me? Well, that's kind of hard to say, sir. Why, Frank? On paper, the group looks fine now. Well, the leadership's a problem. Always has been. It takes time to know. How long do you figure? Well, I don't know that one either. How can you be sure? How do you know what you're crowding Gately into? How do you know we didn't push Bishop up there just that once too often? I don't know how I'll know, but I'm the one that's down there, and I'll have to be... Frank, you're swinging after the bell. Remember Keith Davenport's trouble? You're not propping them up, too, are you? Take a good look, Frank. Do you think that? It would be natural enough, the things you go through with a bunch of those boys. It's hard not to let them get under your hide. And lately, you've been flying more missions rather than less. Look, General, I'm the one who has to shove them up there. And until I know that they're ready, I'm not about to turn them loose. All right. But make it as soon as you can, will you? You bet I will, sir. Good luck, Frank. Thank you, sir. Good night. Hello, Keith. Richard. I want the files on all squadron commanders with recommendations on those who might be qualified to take over a group in an emergency. No, nothing special. Just checking. But keep it to yourself. Thanks. Savage the Navigator, have we made up that two and a half minutes? Yes, sir, we... Watch that FW, Vince! He's trying to ram us, sir. Wow, that was close. I could see his big blue eyes. Here come three more. Close it up tight. We're hit, sir. Number three on fire. Well, feather number three. Savage to crew, how bad are we hit? Bombardier to commander. 20 millimeter through the nose. Gordon got it. Everybody else okay. Right rudder cable shot off, sir. Savage to crew, hold your station now. Let's settle down. Black! Twelve o'clock level. All right, that means we can forget about fighters. Navigator, have you got a position? We're on the target. How stupid dead ahead, sir. Savage to Bombardier, your airplane now. It's all yours. I've got it, sir. Bomb base open. Bombs away. Flashlight leader to deputy leader. Ben, my radio operator is dead. Send the strike report for me. Gately, Roger, flashlight leader. Tailgunner, how's the formation look back there? Baker Force reassembling okay. Charlie Force is strung out bad. FW's attacking the stragglers. Uh, Able to Charlie, are you having trouble? Charlie to Able, we're straggling. About 20 FW's jumped. Tailgunner, one of Charlie's aircraft hit bad, sir. Able to Charlie, I'll give you a slow turn. Cut across and tack onto us. Cop to commander. We'll be turning right over a flat belt, sir. Can't help it, Joe. We can't leave all those stragglers to the fighters. That is Roger. Charlie Force cutting across and pulling up and back. Wait, sir. Major Cobb is hit direct first, sir. Joe! Come on, bail out, Joe. Bail out. Jump, you guys. Jump for you. Major Cobb, sir. Exploded. Joe. Flashlight leader to Cobb Squadron. Go back into formation. Form on Baker 2. All the stragglers caught up, sir. Back in formation. All right. Let's go home. Bob, you got a cigarette? That pack's kind of wet. Keith, the old man's sending you down here. Doesn't he trust my reports anymore? You know the old man. Oh, Harvey, mind if I swipe a drink? Help yourself, Keith. How does it look for tomorrow, Frank? Well, I can't tell yet. A lot of damage. I'm sorry about Joe. Well, that's the way it goes. The old man was mighty pleased with the results. Well, he ought to be. Looks as though tomorrow could wash it up if we're any good. How'd the other boys make out? A little rough. But they'll put up a maximum for tomorrow or close to it. Good. Maximum... Maximum effort. I need another drink. Huh? 
<laughs> Colonel Stovall, are you drunk? I am, a little. I believe I warned the general it might happen again sometime. <laughs> well, that's not a bad way to celebrate a promotion. That is not why I am drunk, sir. I got drunk because I am confused. I was thinking, which is a, a thing a man should not do. I was thinking, and all at once I couldn't remember what any of them looked like. Bishop Cobb, Wilson, Zimmy, all of them. All of you. They all look alike. Just one face, and it was a, a very young face, and it confused me. I, I think I shall stay drunk until I am not confused anymore. Well, anyway, keep it going until tomorrow night, and I'll join you. Tomorrow night? You leading the mission tomorrow, Frank? What else? If you'll clear out of here and let me get some sleep. Well, there they go. Another one. Two days in a row. Say, how does that savage do it anyway? <laughs> go over and ask him. He's just climbing into his airplane now. Go over and tell him you want Hey. What's up? The general... Don't seem like he can climb aboard. Maybe we ought to go... Ah, take it easy. We're only ground crew. There goes Colonel Gately over. General Savage. General, what's the matter, sir? I... I, I don't know. I, I tried to pull myself up and... Are you sick, sir? Something's wrong. My... My hands, they won't work. I, do you want me to take it, sir? No. Uh, tell... Tell Gately to take it. Yes, sir. He'll take it. He... What's the matter, Ben? Put him in the jeep. Get hold of Doc Kaiser. Gotta get Gately. Gotta tell him to... Steady, Frank. All right, lean on me, fella. What's the matter? You sick? Well, what? Where's my oxygen mask? I've Come got... on, Frank. Get... Let's get in the jeep. Come on. Let's take it off. They're going. Stop it. Hold Stop it, it. Where's Keith? Take it easy. Call the tower. Fire a flare. Tell Keith. I'm right here, Frank. It's okay. We can't make it's it. It's okay. No, you can't send him out there again. Stop him. Cigarette, Frank? How about a smoke? No use, Keith. He doesn't even seem to hear you. Yeah, I know. What do you make of it, Doc? State of shock, complete collapse, everything let go at once. Don't you think you ought to give him another hypo? Hell, I gave him one that should knock out an elephant. He's fighting it, Harvey. He's up there somewhere with the mission. It's screwy. I never figured that it could happen to him. Well, I did. I watched him sweep his feelings under the carpet long enough. It had to spill out someday. But I never saw him more full of fight than he was at briefing. Did you ever see a light bulb burn out? How bright the filament is just before it lets go. I think they call it maximum effort. Yeah. I got it. Davenport. They did? That's fine. Thanks very much. Frank, that was the strike report. They hit the primary okay. Do you hear me, Frank? Gately reports a good result. They clobbered it. Frank, you've got to listen to me. I know what you're feeling. You think you blew it, but what do you expect of yourself, Frank? Let me try, Keith. Look, Chief. I saw something in those kids' faces at briefing this morning. You you were going to make them grow up, remember? Well, they were this morning. You think you aren't up there with them? Look, you're riding at every crew station and in every cockpit. It's no use. They're back, Frank. They're back. I counted 12 so far. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Yes? Control tower? You got a count, Captain? Nineteen? Thanks. Frank, the boys really did it. Nineteen back. Nineteen. They made it, huh? Nineteen of them. That's right, Frank. Nineteen of them. Uh, who, who led? Ben Gately. Is he back okay? Yes, Frank, he's back. The funny thing, Keith, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll go to sleep for a little while.
Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Gregory Peck with Ward Bond, Hugh Marlowe, Millard Mitchell, Reed Hadley, and John Kellogg in the radio premiere of Daryl Epzanek's 20th Century Fox production, 12 O'Clock High. And here's a little surprise for you. Someone who has a very warm place in your hearts, I'm sure. Your beloved Dr. Christian, the president of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, Mr. Gene Herschel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, that as Dr. Christian, I have brought many children into the world. But as Gene Herschel, I want to tell you that my real baby is the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house and hospital. A wonderful project that has been made possible only through the generosity and sympathy of all the great artists who have appeared here in our Screen Guild Theatre. To them, to all the studios whose cooperation has been so complete and wonderful, I want to say thanks again as we begin our 14th and greatest year. Will you uh, carry on our thanks to the entire industry? I most certainly will, Gene. But while you're passing the thanks around, you ought to slip a few to the American Broadcasting Company for giving us a whole hour in which to do these radio adaptations. You're right, Greg. And we have taken advantage of that hour. We've got some wonderful shows lined up for the coming season. I've heard all about it, Gene. You're going to have all the top stars in Hollywood. Spencer Tracy, Lana Turner, Claudette Colbert, Ginger Rogers, Fred McMurray, Paulette Goddard, Olivia de Havilland. And that's just mentioning a few. Yes, Greg, you and I know that's... Inside Hollywood. It has the greatest heart in the world. Thanks again for coming, and thanks for a great performance. I'm glad to be here, Gene. Good night. curtain falls on our first play in a new star-studded screen guild season. Next week, our play will have a different flavor. It's one of the most delightful comedies ever brought to the screen. Metro-Golden-Mare's rollicking movie that bombards you with laughs as it takes a knowing and unexpected view of Russia. Yes, it's the famous comedy Nanochka, and it will be played by two of your very favorite stars, Joan Fontaine and William Powell. Make a date with Ninochka right now. You can meet her here next week at this same time. Remember, Metro-Golden-Mare's brilliant comedy, Ninochka, starring William Powell and Joan Fontaine. Don't miss it. The Screen Guild players are directed and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Lawrence. The adaptations are by Harry Cronman. Music was under the direction of Basil Adlin. Twelve O'Clock High was presented through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of Daryl F. Zanuck's No Way Out. Gregory Peck will soon be seen in Captain Horatio Hornblower. And Ward Bond is currently working in Only the Valiant, both Warner Brothers productions. Hugh Marlowe's next release will be Daryl F. Zanuck's All About Eve. And Millard Mitchell will soon be seen in Mr. 880, both 20th Century Fox productions. And remember, next Thursday night, the Screen Guild players present Ninochka, starring Joan Fontaine and William Powell. Be sure to listen. This is Gregory Peck inviting you to stay tuned for the original Amateur Hour with Ted Mack, the man who gives so many youngsters their start to stardom. It will follow immediately over many of these stations. This is Bill Davidson saying good night. This is the American Broadcasting Company. The Screen Guild Theater was a popular charity anthology series. It aired from 1939 to 1952. It featured some comedy and music, but its main draw was having big stars play in adaptations of popular current motion pictures such as Destry Rides Again, Notorious, and Rebecca. The money generated by the show was used to help the Motion Picture Relief Fund. This fund maintained the Motion Picture Country House for retired actors. It, in- it initially was heard on CBS from 1939 until 1948, then continuing on NBC from 48 until 1950. It was broadcast on ABC from 50 to 51 and returned to CBS in 1952. It aired under several different titles, the Gulf Gulf Screen Guild Show, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater, the Lady Esther Screen Guild Theater, and the Camel Screen Guild Theater. To keep it simple, we just call it the Screen Guild Theater. 
And by big stars and big movies, we meant big stars. The actors included Ethel and Lionel Barrymore, Ingrid Bergman, Humphrey Bogart, Gary Cooper, Bing Crosby, Betty Davis, Judy Garland, Gregory Peck, and many, many more big stars. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.